John Birch Society report. George Washington stated, truth will ultimately prevail where pain is taken to bring it to light. Truth is the major weapon of the John Birch Society report. We will return after these words from our sponsor. The John Birch Society Report presents this weekly broadcast to bring you commentary and analysis of today's events. Our commentator today is Mr. Thomas J. Anderson, well-known columnist and humorist of Nashville, Tennessee, and president and editor-in-chief of Southern Farm Publications. Killer Khrushchev said in a 1960 speech, quote, Your grandchildren in America will live under communism, and this will be done not by us, but by the workers, the toiling peasantry, and the toiling intelligentsia of the United States." Close quote. By toiling peasantry, the comrade meant mainly the Negroes, the so-called subjugated and deprived American Negro, owns more homes, more cars, more TV sets, and more college degrees than all of the other Negroes in the world combined. Aside from the civil rights struggle, so-called, which the communists have infiltrated and taken over, the communists have not made much progress with the toiling peasantry of America. It's the toiling intelligentsia. People like Milton Eisenhower and Senator Fulbright and Governor Hatfield, who are the worst menace to America, Guess who wrote this, quote, a viciously ruthless and corrupt dictator, ethically and politically bankrupt, has been driven from Cuba. Fidel Castro and the young people of Cuba have won a revolution. They have not consolidated it. This may be difficult for them to do. Powerful interests will oppose them. But it should be obvious that Fidel has no intention of going communist. He is a product of Western civilization, nor do the intellectuals and the people about him consider orienting themselves toward Moscow, but it is approved that if this revolution does not succeed, the next one will go far to the left. Therefore, it is to the selfish interest of the United States to do all it can to make this revolution so arduously won a success. A stable Cuba would have a stabilizing effect on all the Caribbean. This is important to us. First, we should recall Ambassador Earl E.T. Smith. He several times referred to the revolutionists as bandits. This stamps him as a most unobservant man and an ambassador who failed to give his country sound information. The United States policy there was damaging. Not only was the ambassador blind to the strength of the Fidel Castro movement, he continued to be very cozy with the Batista crowd. Close quote. That gem was written by none other than the omniscient extremist Ralph McGill of Atlanta. McGill was as right about Castro as he is about most things. McGill reminds me of the message inside a Chinese fortune cookie. Please disregard previous cookie. He should head all his columns with that note. Few columnists, aside from Walter Lippmann, have been more wrong for 30 years than Ralph McGill. Read their columns regularly and you'll understand.
Castro, Tito, and Mousy Tongue are all unnecessary evils, created in part by the policies of our State Department and by people and institutions like Ralph McGill, Howard H.K. Smith, Jack Parr, Ed Sullivan, the New York Times, the Washington Post, and the other so-called liberals and moderates. The liberals, the pacifists, the communist peace lovers, and the moderates now talk about Armageddon, the last war mentioned in the Bible when all are destroyed. Who brought us to the brink of Armageddon if that's where we are? Was it Robert Welch, or Senator Taft, or Joe McCarthy, or Charles Lindbergh, or Strom Thurmond? The liberals remind me of the boy who murdered his mother and father and then threw himself on the mercy of the court because he was an orphan. The pinks who delivered us to the brink now tell us better red than dead. Pinks are people who are too yellow to be red. We will not be attacked if we stay strong. If we continue disarming, we will inevitably be attacked from without and from within. The Chinese have a saying, quote, where there is no power, there is no peace, close quote. A widely syndicated columnist has reported, quote, unbelievable as it may sound, one high Cuban official told a Japanese businessman in Havana recently that Cuba is training its people to speak English because the takeover of the United States is only a matter of years away." Close quote. Who is to blame? We the people. We elected and re-elected the amoral socialists who have been running our country for the past 30 years and who have deliberately downgraded morality, family, God, and country. What can we do? There must be a grassroots awakening and rebellion. We must clean out the Bobby Bakers and the people who protect the Bobby Bakers. We get what we deserve. We are the government. Freedom and morality are indivisible. If we allow our leaders to continue their plans to merge us into a one-world socialist state with the communists, we will be enslaved, and we will deserve to be. For communism is the most diabolical criminal conspiracy in the annals of man. It all ties together. Disarmament, forced association and forced equality, registration and collection of citizen firearms, unrestricted immigration, confiscatory taxation, ban on school prayer, downgrading of family life, downgrading of Jesus Christ, guaranteed annual income for everybody, work or not, encouragement of civil disorders and disrespect for law, obscenity and pornography on the newsstands, condoning of sexual promiscuity and perversion, poisoning of students' minds in the name of academic freedom. Those things aren't just happening. They are being made to happen by traitors, cowards, collectivists, and half-brights. Let us assume, for the sake of argument, that those of our leaders who are sponsoring our disarmament and our merger into a one-world non-profit socialist brotherhood under the United Nations are right. These people, whatever their motives, 
are taking all possible steps to merge us with the so-called mellowing enemy as the only practical solution to the world's problems. Let us assume that the communists at some point actually quit murdering and enslaving people and decide to be a peaceful partner in a world socialist union. Even if this impossible dream came to pass, it would mean that we would lose virtually all the freedoms we have always held dear. We would be slaves, for a slave is a person whose will is controlled by another. We would have renounced our Christian principles. We would have abandoned our rights to own, manage, inherit, and discriminate. A person who does not discriminate is either a slave or a slob. Where are we going? We, the people, must decide that by the leaders we choose. And in order to know where we want to go, it is vital that we know where we are. It is vital that we know the truth. But our greatest enemy now is not the comrades within or without, nor even the so-called moderates and liberals and appeasers. Our greatest enemy is discouragement. Some among us have quit. They say it's all over. It's too late. It's not all over, and it won't be all over until we quit. The poet said, of all sad words of tongue or pen, the saddest are these. It might have been. It still might be, if we so will it. We are what stands between the world and slavery. For if the lamp of freedom is blown out in America, the world will be thrown into darkness. There's no excuse for people who ask, what can I do? and I'm afraid you'll tell them. When and if St. Peter meets us at the Golden Gate, he won't ask what we agreed with. He won't ask what we belong to. Heaven is not open to Methodists, Catholics, Rotarians, or John Birches. Heaven is open only to individuals. It's not what we belong to. It's what we are. It's not what we say, but what we do and what we don't do. But it's too late, some say. For Christians, it's never too late. An informed Christian can't quit. Beatniks quit, beaten because they refuse to try. They're long on hair and short on character. True, God alone can save the world, but God won't save the world alone, nor will prayer alone. God helps those who help themselves. The God-hating communists have murdered millions of innocent people, shooting them in the back of the neck while they were on their knees praying. Maybe one person can't save the world, but he can try. Are you trying? Many among us alibi, but I am just a little person. If I were rich and powerful, I would do something. What can you do? Plenty. One little person, a country maiden, changed the course of history, and she couldn't even read or write. Her name was Joan of Arc, but you are not a St. Joan. Neither was she when she began. Of course, not all of us can be a Joan of Arc or a Douglas MacArthur, nor do we need be. Enough dedicated ants can destroy an elephant. Let us do the best we can where we are with what we have. Father, where shall I work today? And my love flowed warm and free. 
Then he pointed out a humble spot and said, Tim that for me. I answered quickly, Oh, no, not that. Why, no one would ever see, no matter how well my work was done. Not that little place for me. The word he spoke, it was not stern. He answered me tenderly, Ah, little one, search thine heart. Art thou working for them or me? Nazareth was a little place, and so was Galilee. We want to thank all those who've taken time to listen to the John Birch Society Report, which has again focused attention on important subjects directly involving you. Our commentator today has been Thomas J. Anderson. If you would like a copy of today's message, please send 50 cents for one copy or $1 for three copies to the John Birch Society Report, San Marino, California. Please enclose a stamped, self-addressed envelope.